We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It's the podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Always and forever, Steven. Amen. Uh, welcome to another edition. Uh, episode number what? You 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 always know the episode numbers and I always I forget. I believe, if I'm pulling it up right. Can you tell we had a great pre-show meeting? We're off it's to a... 38. Episode number 38. Also, since we're speaking of numbers, we do want to acknowledge former Georgia Tech defensive tackle, Roman Reigns, getting close to 1,000 days as champion. I believe sometime in the next episode or two, uh, he will be a 1,000-day champion uh, as the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. Undisputed. Undisputed, and we acknowledge him. Also want to do a quick show note. Joshua, why don't you start out? We've got some, we got a couple of scoops. One of them came from a friend of show, new friend of show that we're going to talk about today, Stacy, uh, and want to give everybody a way that they can get in touch with the show. So remind everybody how they can become friend of show and part of show by giving us news to talk about. Absolutely. We're looking for dedicated field reporters. I'm playing. We're not looking, we don't have job opening, but if no. you do have a scoop, if you do see something, that you would like us to talk about. You can email me at joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. So joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Uh, there will be another little part at the end of the show. We're going to talk about what's coming up in the summer. There might be a slight schedule change. We're going to discuss it on the air. But that's not why you're here. The main reason you're here is to find out about Georgia Tech Athletics. We've got some really, really good news and one sport we haven't talked about all year that happened that has some fantastic news. One sport we have been talking about, we do want to kick off that Georgia Tech Golf won the NCAA Salem Regional. And the headline on RamblinRec.com says they won it going away. Connor Howe and Hiroshi Tai set the tone with twin 600 par 66 scores. And the Georgia, and Georgia Tech shattered a pair of school 54-hole scoring records after posting a 21 under par round of 267 Wednesday to win the NCAA Salem Regional. So they've won the regional. They're going on to the next round of the NCAAs, I believe the championship. So we wish the team uh, great things. Connor Howe and Hiroshi Tai, well done. Of course, Ross Steelman has been a fantastic uh, player. Joshua, you got any other quick highlights you want to point out? Oh, no, you've got the baseball because – uh, I thought you were zooming in yeah. on golf results, but you're not. So not. we thank the Georgia Tech golf team for putting a win, putting a banner up, NCAA regional title. Well done. Good luck in the finals. Joshua, I throw it to you for baseball. I, I'm trying to be as quick as Steven there because, holy cow, he was he was churning like a locomotive. Uh, so Georgia Tech started off. No, no, no. I was churning like a rambling wreck. 
Dun, 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 get your, dun, dun. Get your anyway. references right. You're okay. So Georgia Tech baseball, we've been here to cover the ups. We've been here to cover the downs. And while the week started down, ladies and gentlemen, it did pick up in a lot of different ways. So starting down in the midweek game, the streak was ended and Georgia Tech lost to Kennesaw State at Kennesaw State. Um, Kennesaw State is not a particularly great team. They're 23 and 24 in the year, at least at the time of the game. But Georgia Tech's offense was in a bit of a weird place. They scored five runs on the day, but Kennesaw State scored six. Uh, Jackson Vaughn pitched two innings and gave up three of those runs later on in the game. Um, so it just wasn't a wasn't a great showing from the Jackets. Stephen Reed did, did go four for five with an RBI. Um, you also had RBIs from Drew Compton and Jake DeLeo. So a mediocre output from the offense, obviously not great, but not the what you want to hear. But the weekend, probably the highlight of the season so far, Stephen. Yeah. So first of all, because of the results that occurred, Georgia Tech is going to be able to make the ACC tournament. They're going to have a chance. They will be able to make it in. After all, the top 12 teams make it into pool play, and Georgia Tech is one of those top 12 teams. Uh, But over the weekend, they had their most impressive result of the year. They were at Durham, North Carolina, to play the Duke Blue Devils, the number 10 team in the nation, Stephen. And Georgia Tech showed up and showed out like their season depended on it. So first game on Friday, they won eight to five with a decent little showing from Luke Schmolke, five innings, only four runs with four strikeouts. The bullpen, Ben King and Terry Busey pitched four innings in relief and only gave up one unearned run among the two of them. On the offensive end, you had, it was a lot of, it was a very well-balanced attack. Nobody dominated, but nobody you know, everybody was kind of involved in it. Jake DeLeo um, did hit a home run. Looks like it was a three-run homer. He had three RBIs on that one hit. Um, Angelo Despina had an RBI. Drew Compton, John Giesler, they had two RBIs on the day. Um, just an overall good game. You did have home runs from Despina and Giesler as I was with those RBIs. So overall good game there from the Yellow Jackets. Um, and then on Saturday they did lose, but it wasn't like they got blown out. They lost six to five. You had a decent start from Aiden Finitary, six innings, six hits, five runs, one walk, five strikeouts. And then Dawson Brown in relief only gave up one run. The offense just was not able to get a ton of runs off of the staff. They only were able to get four runs off final reliever James Talon, and all of them were unearned. So a lot of a little bit of Duke beating themselves there. Um Drew Compton hit a home run for Georgia Tech, as did. Never mind, must be on the app. Uh, Giovanni DiGiacomo. I just really oh, wanted to sorry. say that. Oh, I just wanted to say that last name <laughs> for Duke. He hit a home run. But in the rubber match on Sunday, the, the one that determined how great of a weekend it was, Georgia Tech pulled out another eight to five victory. Um, had a decent start from Finley. He only went three innings, five runs. Not actually not great when you think about it. Three uh, five five runs, three innings. But the bullpen, Steven. Yes. Bull, ben King and Terry Busey, the one-two punch that we didn't know we needed. Three innings each, three hits between the two of them, five walks, but six strikeouts and zero runs, which is exactly what mattered. On the offensive end, a four for five day at the top of the order from Christian Campbell who also brought in a run. You had a three RBI game from Angelo Despina. Guess what? What? It was a home run. Yeah. Who would have thought? Drew Compton also hit a home run in his two-hit day. 
Uh, Tyler Minnick at the bottom of the other also had a two for four day. So just a good offensive showing away from the Yellow Jackets. They did lose their next midweek game to Mercer, but there's a massive, huge asterisk on that game. It was canceled after six innings due to inclement weather. Yeah, and it doesn't matter in the ACC standings. Listen, Georgia Tech is going to the ACC tournament. What they have shown is what we have been talking about. If the pitching staff can keep it to five runs or less, then this team has a chance to hit their way to some wins. So we wish them the best of luck. It is going to be an incredibly tough road. Last year, they lost in the championship game of the ACC tournament. Um, This year, they're going to go in as one of the bottom seeds. But listen, the the team's offense gives them a chance in any game. So we wish them the best of luck. They've been a lot of fun to follow. Uh, I hope the season doesn't end. And I want to see, you know, Nick Markakis lives somewhere here in the Atlanta area. I believe he still lives here. He needs to have a uh, picture taken with Anthony Despina. Those two guys, just just him and Angela, yeah, professional hitters, both of them. Of course, Tech has some professional hitters up and down their lineup. That's it. And looking forward to seeing this team continue to mature and grow next year. Uh, we are we're not doing a massive chunk. This is kind of an all news show. We started with I uh, started with some golf news. Joshua just did some baseball news. We are going to cover basketball. We are going to cover football. We've got some miscellaneous stuff, track and field, some women's basketball news. So just kind of stay with us through all the news. This might not be one of the longer shows. We don't have a lot to discuss. We're getting near the end of the of the seasons, spring seasons, and, and we just kind of want to give you results. And thank you for sticking with us. One sport we've never talked about. This is actually not on ramblinrec.com. This story comes from the... Uh, GATech.edu news website. The government site. No. Well, it's the educational website. In campus and, in campus and community, the story came from May 5th. This story came from new friend of show, Stacy, who sent a text to both Joshua and I and said, hey, you might want to cover this on your podcast. We are going to cover drone racing because the collegiate drone racing championships happened this this uh, just a couple weeks ago on May the 5th, or I'm sorry, at the beginning of May, they actually played, they actually did the results at Fayette Flyers Field in Tyrone, Georgia. Last year, the championships was at, in North Dakota. The reason I mentioned last year is because the Rotor Jackets, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket drone racing team, won their back-to-back title this last month here in Tyrone, Georgia. It is a there was a field of 15 schools, 52 individual pilots. Georgia Tech's team has four pilots. They are not a an official, they actually are a club. So it is a club oh. sport, but it was started by two guys, uh, Tanner Beard and Luke Lover. They started flying first-person view, which is FPV drones, together in 2018. And they officially were the founding members of the Rotor Rotor Jackets. And so their team of four, for the second year in a row, won the team title for FPV drone racing. And this is, they only started, uh, they officially founded the team in 2021. I believe they've only competed for three years. So big shock. 
big run of success there well, from the big engineering su- school. Listen, MIT is the Georgia Tech of the North because there is only one Georgia Tech. And when it comes to FPV drone racing, we are the acknowledged, undefeated universal champions. Undefeated and undisputed. Maybe Roman should give them a belt that that they he can, you know, they can display proudly. Very, uh, very excited about the team. We wish them the, the best of luck moving forward. Uh, I believe uh, at least Luke Lauver is is set to graduate. If you guys go search uh, Drone Racing 2023, you'll find the article. It's a really good, nice article. I'd encourage you to read it, but we just want to encourage them. Well done. Kudos to the Jackets. We wish them the best. Uh, I believe, and it's funny, just, just so that we give them uh, uh, props, Beard is a mechanical engineering student and Lover is an aerospace graduate student. That's why he's outgoing. He does have more important things to do, but hopefully he'll continue to do FPV drone racing in his spare time as a hobby. Absolutely. Well, um, just a brief update right here before we get to our next couple stories. Damon Stoudemire, new head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets men's basketball team, has finally started to fill out that staff. So we brought you the first two assistant coaching hires uh, about a couple weeks ago, maybe two, three. Uh, but he's kind of started, he found one more he- us, um, assistant coach, found that about a week or two ago, and that is Terry Parker Jr., who comes over with about 13 years of Division One assistant coaching experience. Um, he has had stops at UAB, Indiana State, Utah Valley University, and Nichols State. Now, if you remember, UAB, especially in the last couple years, has been a very successful team. How much of that was Terry Parker? Who knows? Uh, nobody's actually going to. He's not going to come out and claim that kind of stuff because that would be very boisterous and we don't necessarily support that. But um, the team was very good while he was there. Um, that's part of it as well. Um, at Indiana State, he also coached 14 All-Missouri Valley Conference players, a total of 17 times. Um, in fact, one of those players was Jake LaRavia, who you will might recognize because he is currently in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, shout out to um, we need to find a, a nickname for them. They're coming coming similar to the Jail Blazers from the nineteen uh, nineties. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. So Terry Parker is the other assistant coach, to go along with Carl Hobbs and Pershing Williams. He has also filled some of the administrative roles. For example, director of operations currently Tyler Benson, um, who was he the holdover, Stephen? Was he the one you were no. talking about? Or, no, uh, BJ, BJ Elder. BJ that's Elder. Right. Yes. So, um, way to take my little tip of the story that absolutely. I, wanted, I to give. wanted to bear your lead. Yeah. Thank so, you. Tyler Benson was at Georgia Tech. He was a director of scouting. Um, and then in 2018, he went to the director of operations. Um, he, in fact, was at Memphis with Josh Passner beforehand. So, he actually is, I believe, a holdover. Um, he also has some coaching experience earlier in his past. Uh, places like West Virginia Wesleyan and St. John's Northwestern Military Academy. So Tyler Benson is on staff as director of operations. He also, as Stephen said, the associate director of player personnel, B.J. Elder. You mentioned him to me before the show. Do you want to you give a brief synopsis of yeah, him? Yeah, so B.J., the, for alum and fans who are over the age of 23, uh, will remember B.J. was a fantastic player at Georgia Tech in the early 2000s. Uh, and in fact, it's interesting. He and Damon played college basketball. They, their, their careers overlapped somewhat. So I, I think Damon remembers BJ as a player. BJ played professionally for 10 years over in Europe was a, just a, just a fantastic guy. He is uh pastor brought him on staff a couple years ago. 
he has been helping with the team. I believe Damon's going to keep him in a role of kind of player development, but also he's going to be the liaison to former players. That That's one yeah. of the key roles that he plays, and he'll do it very well. I, I think B.J. Elder has a, a good potential career in coaching ahead of him. I, I just kind of watch him on the sidelines, yeah, for what I notice and see. Yeah. And and he was a leader on the court, so there, there's uh, no question. Like another coach on the floor? No, he was a leader. <laughs> there's a okay. difference. Well, the other two, just brief mentions, director of scouting will maintain um, Hayden Sheridan, who is going to go into, I believe, his seventh year at Georgia Tech. Uh, Got a great hairdo yes. on the website. Very, go, very slick. Go find the player and staff. Um, the assistant director of operations is a new hire, though, Taylor Ann Hendricks, um, f- coming over after being assistant to the president at North Iowa Area Community College. So, um, nice little thing. She has some work elsewhere. She's been a liaison. She's done a few different things, worked on budgets and stuff. So, uh, coming from Centraville, Iowa. So, thank you for joining the staff, Taylor Ann. Listen, apart from Ken Segura and Kelly Quinlan, who do the best job of following Georgia Tech Athletics, where else are you going to get Northern Iowa? What was it? Northern Iowa? Some Iowa community college. No, no, not some. It was an Iowa community college that where she's got some experience. I mean, you want to talk about in-depth reporting on the new staff that Damon – I believe his staff is fully put together. Joshua, you and I were talking about – one other piece of basketball news, as had been reported previously. Yes. Uh, Miles Kelly had entered his name into the NBA draft. We do not have confirmation of what we are about to say, but we are going to give our hot sports take opinion right here on the 17th of May based on some things we do know about Miles Kelly. Joshua, take yes. it away. Well, I wouldn't even say it's a hot take. It's more of reading the tea leaves. Um, if you're not invited to the NBA Combine, it is incredibly hard for you to get drafted. You would have to absolutely light up the Portsmouth Invitational like Scottie Pippen or something like that. Uh, Miles Kelly was not invited to the NBA Scouting Combine, which normally I think they invite about 75 players, give or take. So that means that according to the NBA, which the teams have input into who gets invited, Miles Kelly is not one of the 75 most intriguing or best prospects in this class. He has had some workouts. Um, I've seen a couple clips posted. He looks like the Miles Kelly we know. He's a good shooter, um, and he's in an empty, empty gym playing against air, so you know he's going to look a little bit better. Um, well, I'm predicting, as someone who keeps up with the NBA draft, Miles Kelly, more likely than not, will be returning to school for at least another year. Um, he probably has to get stronger, probably has to work on that floor game, uh, show a little improvement in defense. There's a lot of things that he could do better if he really wants to become an NBA player. I think he's got the talent. Um, I don't think that that is a question. I think it's more of he just doesn't have the frame as of right now. So more likely than not, Miles Kelly will be returning to Georgia Tech in my home. And I concur, and I'll go even farther. I'm predicting it. He will be back on the floor uh, at McCamish Pavilion to play next year. And Miles, we want nothing but the best for you. I believe you will play professionally. I believe you will have a chance to build a career as a basketball player, and I believe that's going to start next year on the flats playing for Coach Damon Stoudemire and with your teammates. So that's what I'm going to predict, and there is there is no harm, no foul. I think it was a wise move for him to test the waters, yeah. and welcome back. Yeah, there's n- n- not much worse that could really happen necessarily, right? 
Moving on, we do want to cover some of the other sports. Joshua, we're going to cover football at the very end. And before we get there, I just want to pick up a few different things. First of all, I do want to report that the women's tennis team did fall at the NCAA tournaments Mm. in the round of 32. They played a moment of silence for our fallen soldiers. More than a moment? You you want a minute? You want 30 no, seconds? Just wanted a moment. Yeah. They fell to Florida, number 16 ranked Florida, in the round of 32. They fell 4-1 to one in, in matches. Kylie Bilcheb did collect a straight set singles victory, but that unfortunately was it for the Lady Jackets. We Great year. Fantastic season. Good luck. Better luck next year. They, they did not make it out of the round of 32, and sorry to hear that. Also wanted to bring up women's basketball. You were talking about the men's team. Mm -hmm. I did want to say that uh, Nell Fortner did uh, add Michael Scruggs as an assistant coach. So we're excited to see him come to the flats. And also they've been doing, the Lady Jackets have been doing some work in the transfer portal. Sydney Johnson is a five foot nine point guard for originally from Powder Springs, Georgia. She is joining the Georgia Tech women's basketball team. She has one year of eligibility remaining after playing four seasons at Boston University. She has amassed 1,255 career points in four years at Boston University. She has been a multiple-time All-Patriot League honors. She started 97 of her 105 career games, finished 11th in, in program history in points, 8th with 330 career assists, 9th in career field goals, and 9th with averaging 12 points per game. She attended Lovett School at high school here in Powder Springs and has had a great career up at Boston University and is going to continue her career with one year of eligibility with the Lady Jackets. So Sydney Johnson, welcome to the Flats. And we'll be talking about women's basketball next season. Absolutely. One other thing I did want to mention, the track and field had their outdoor championships and individually there were two medals to report. Shanti Papacosta claimed her second gold medal in the high jump with her season best performance at the ACC Outdoor Championships. She, what did she do? She cleared four heights on her first attempt and was the only athlete to successfully clear her season best height of 1.82 meters or five feet, 11 and a half inches. She is a junior. She was ACC all first team in track and field, and she brought the gold back for Georgia Tech from the ACC championships. And last but not least with track and field, I do want to announce that Jameer Gibson. Favorite of the the show. That's right. Friend of the show, favorite of the show, won a bronze medal in the shot put. He threw a season-best mark of 18.61 meters, 61 feet, 0.75 inches. He beat that pitcher's mound throw uh, that was his personal best of 60 feet, 6 inches. He went 61 feet, 0.75 inches. And he also earned all ACC first team honors. Kudos to all the track and field athletes. They did a great job, but brought back two medals. I did want to add a referendum. I had seen this about a day or two ago. Women's basketball, they got that. Um, the young lady that you mentioned. They mm-hmm. also are bringing in a freshman. Yes. And she is highly touted, Ooh. believe it or not. Yes. Tiana Thompson. 
out of Deion Thompson from Georgia, to, from the state of Georgia, is coming to the Yellow Jackets. She is considered an elite 60 recruit in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, can, according to Brandon Clay, one of the nation's premier scoring guards. It was good enough that Rod McKenzie at 24-7 was tweeting about it and mentioning it, which is pretty pretty big, pretty big time. So, Listen, um, Tiana Thompson can, is coming out of the Galloway School. Mm. There is one friend of show who knows who he is. Golly, when he cool. hears that she's coming out of the Galloway School, he is going to have a conniption fit and text me about it because I know he played against Galloway when he was in high school many years ago. So Tiana Thompson... She is a five foot eleven guard. That's and, tall. Yeah, for, that is that's that's for tall for a guard. That's, that's that's tall. And uh, so looking forward to number welcoming five according to, to Prospect Nation. Uh, we'll see what she Prospect wears Nation. when she comes up on. Well, ranks number forty five. Ah, oh, sorry, sorry. Rank number forty five. Like I said, elite sixty. All right, time to talk football, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, in the last week, we have had a lot of movement on the Georgia Tech front. I was a little concerned because um, the rumor and innuendo was they were going to be active in the transfer portal. They were looking at a few positions, but nothing was happening. Well, all those dominoes, Stephen, fell in about the past week. Mm. And when I give you the rundown, it's not going to sound great, but there's a couple things to think about. That's a great tease. That's a great tease, by the way. When I give you the rundown, it's not going to sound great. I just wanted wanted to preface it. So the first domino to fall was a new cornerback coming over to the program, and that was Omar Daniels, a six foot, 178-pound corner from Kansas State. Now, he was originally from Moultrie, Georgia, so he is a local kid uh, from right around where I went to college, actually, about 20 minutes from Valdosta. Um, he has not played a ton in at Kansas State in his two years there. Um, he really only got a, a couple games of action, played a lot of special teams, didn't do a ton but he was about a top 75-ish corner in his class. He's got a decent frame, six foot. I uh, want to add a little bit of weight on him. It's it's depth to add to the room, so not a bad addition there. This was the one that I was the most excited about personally. Uh, defensive lineman Eddie Kelly. He is coming over from the University of South Florida. He is 6'4", 274. So there is some room to add some bulk if you want to put him on the interior, or you can rush him off the edge. Um, he's only been in college for one year. He played as a true freshman for USF, uh, 11 games, had 19 tackles, one and a half for, uh, tackles for loss with a fumble recovery and a pass deflection. Speaking of defensive ends, I wanted to announce at least one of them. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Because to go along with that defensive end, they landed a three-star defensive end freshman recruit for the 2024 yes. class. His name is Andrew DePape. I William. know I'm messing that uh, name up. D-E-P-A-E-P-E. William DePape. Sorry, his older brother. brother. I apologize. So William DePape, his older brother, Andrew, had signed at Michigan State with a defensive end coach who was up there at the time named Marco Coleman, who was part of the Black Watch defense and the national championship team in 1990. So the DePape connection continues thanks to Coach Coleman 
And so William is coming to Georgia Tech. That's a great sign. Yeah, I was going to get to the freshman. He's a a tall, lanky guy who can get around the edge. He's about 6'4". He's about 6'4". You've got to put some muscle on, but I like it. Go on. In a college weight program, he'll be okay. So, yeah, that's that's a good sign. I wanted to make sure and say at least one. I I didn't want to give you all the I got you. So, yes, that's a good sign if Marco Coleman can maintain that kind of relationship and bring a kid from Illinois down to Georgia. That's a that's a good sign. The final transfer that we're going to mention is a linebacker, adding to the linebacker room, which is basically being completely rebuilt this year. Um, from Notre Dame, a, a, a big-time football power, Paul Moala, who last year was considered a senior but did, was, did play as a junior. He's going to have, I believe, one more year of eligibility, potentially two. Um, going to be interesting to see because on the Notre Dame page, He's listed as a junior in 2020, so not 100% sure where that's going to come into play. But he was um, a relatively consistent player. In 2022, he had 44 tackles for the uh, for Notre Dame. Um, he had 14 total in 2019 when he played, so it looks like he's kind of struggled to get on and stay on the field. Um, but 2022 was a good year for him, as I said, with the 44 tackles. Also had two sacks and three interceptions, Stephen, as a linebacker. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So Moala looks to be another piece in that linebacker room to go along with the guys like Braylon Oliver and Andre White who were brought in the transfer portal as well. So a, a very interesting linebacker room shaping up for the Yellow Jackets. He is six foot two twenty five, um, which is unfortunately becoming the General archetype for linebackers nowadays. Uh, very undersized comparatively to what it used to be. Before you talk about the freshmen, should we uh, do what everybody does on podcasts and radios? Do you want to give an early season grade to the transfer portal? Actually, no. Please I don't do, not. do that. Thank um, you. Brent Key is, is filling holes, adding talent. I have no problems with anything he's doing. Speaking of Brent Key, before you get to the freshmen, I do want to interject one thing. I'd encourage everybody to take take a moment and and you can see Brent Key do interviews. You can see him do uh, press conferences after practice. He does a good job. Catch one of those every once in a while. There was a great little mention. It came from, I got it from SaturdayRoad.com website. There was an interview he did on Sirius XM. It didn't mention what show he was on, but he had been asked, He'd had enough time to reflect on the culture change he helped to lead that led to the four and four finish. And they asked him, what, what did you see was the main key? This is Key's quote, quote, we blocked out all of the external noise and bull crap and went to work. I'm about ready to run through a brick wall (laughs) just from that line. I just think Brent Key doesn't waste anyone's time. And I think the typical student athlete at Georgia Tech recognizes that, appreciates that, and as long as they are, as long as he is the type of person that they will work for, he will attract the people who want to work and get better, and then they can do things together. Absolutely. It's not just about hype and noise and playlists and hashtags and put your Twitter handle. Get to work. There's work to be done, gentlemen. Go, go recruit ball players. Yeah, well done. We don't need to worry about stars anyway. So the big the big news for the week. The transfers were nice, right? We like we like some of those. The big news was on the freshman end. As Steven said, Tech did pick up an edge rusher into Pepe, but there was a lot of movement on the front for Georgia Tech. And there was a lot of rumor and innuendo that flew. And we're gonna I'm gonna try to cover some of it and basically give the facts as I have been told them and as I've heard them. 
So the first one was Duke Watson. Well, he wasn't the first to decommit, but this is the one we're going to talk about because it's the less complicated. Uh, Duke Watson, the running back recruit, decommitted from Georgia Tech. He was a very high-profile recruit. Uh, before he was ranked at 24-7, he had committed to Georgia Tech. And then 24-7 came out and said, guess what? He's a top 30 running back in this class. And naturally, that gave him a little bit of clout in um, the world of recruiting. And so he ended up taking a couple visits while he was committed to Tech. He took an unofficial visit to NC State. Uh, Ole Miss got an offer from Kentucky and just recently took an, um, an official visit to Penn State. So he did decommit from the Yellow Jackets. He had been getting a lot of Power 5 interest um, recently. So we wish him nothing but the best. Um, if that's his best move for his career, nothing but power to him, uh, good for him. And we hope to see him succeed. You know, he he did some, he did, he, he was recruiting for the Jackets. He was hyping them up on his feed and then kind of turned around. I hate the, this is, I'm with you on this. I hate the fact that kids will commit to a school about a year and a half before he's actually supposed to sign on the dotted line and then just continue to take visits and, and think about going somewhere else. There's really no such thing as actually committing anymore. I'll just say let's block out the external noise and get rid of all the bull crap and get to work. Yes. But that brings us to the other news. Georgia Tech had a big time, at least ranking-wise, recruit from the 2024 class at quarterback by the name of Jakari Williams. We'd mentioned his name on this podcast a bunch of times. He was actively recruiting people to tech. He was out there. He was one of the bigger cheerleaders of this class. Well, um, while some kids will be committed to a program and then decommit, coaches do do the exact same thing. We have to acknowledge the duality of that. Uh, the Jakari Williams decommitted from Georgia Tech on the 10th of May. And basically that exact same day, Georgia Tech picked up a new quarterback in the class by the name of Aaron Philo. He's another local kid. Now, we'll talk about Aaron Philo in a second. Jakari Williams. The rumors were flying when he announced his decommitment. The first thought that I saw was that his girlfriend was committed to Tech to play softball. And then she decommitted, and so he decommitted with her. Okay. Fact of the matter is, that's not true. I don't know about if that factored in at all, but the fact is, he apparently is a very talented player on a bad team. They play below the GHSA level. Um, they're not the greatest, and Winky and Brent Key have kind of been watching him throw. They've been out to see him throw at a couple games the last couple times, and it seems like there's a little bit of room to grow, and they're not they're not necessarily willing to take on that project as of right now. So the rumor and innuendo is, I don't know if his offer was pulled, but they did seem to kind of fall out of favor with him. Well, just like the running back you mentioned, who all of a sudden is a higher recruit, it's also possible for recruits to slide yes. between their junior and senior. Absolutely. But Tech did immediately replace that part of the class. They picked up another quarterback, Aaron Philo, who plays at the Class A rank out of Prince Avenue Christian School. But he put up numbers, Stephen, and I mean numbers. In 2022, he threw for 4,598 yards with 54 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Yeah. Um, also was the Peach State Class A Division I Offensive Player of the Year, and they were 14-0 and won a title. And he was just recently at the Elite 11 camp and was putting up some some very impressive throws. He's a, he's a three-star recruit. There will be people listening to this who will say, single A, who cares? That doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything. It's You only play the competition in front of you. So he's a and he's got a whole nother senior year. We'll see how he develops. Excited. He's six two two hundred. He's got the prototypical build. He's got touch. He looks like he can make all the throws. Yeah. 
there's a lot to like about him. Okay, great. I'm excited. Well done. You replaced the quarterback that decommitted. Uh, so well done to the Yellow Jackets. All right. We've come near the end of the show. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, and there's one last little item we need to talk about very quickly. Joshua and I did not talk about this pre-show, but it is something that's going to have to be mentioned. So the baseball season is starting to wrap up. The golf season has a little bit more. But the reality is that most sports are now over and we are in the summer break. Yes. So uh, for those loyal listeners of this show, we want to thank you for going on this journey with us this this, uh, school year, this academic year. We are not going anywhere as a whole. We plan on continuing to bring this show. We enjoy doing this together. We have a very small but seemingly loyal fan base of listeners who enjoy hearing what we bring to the table. And we want to continue to bring it to the table, but it's probably not going to be on a weekly basis. I can agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So since the athletes have graduated and we celebrated them last year, we will still do some shows over the summer when we think there's enough news to talk about. I don't know if it'll be every other week. I don't know if it'll be once a month. We will definitely pick back up when summer practice starts and there are things to talk about as the football season is in their preseason. But for now, as we get to the end of May, we'll probably do, we'll see if there's another show next week, but just be prepared that we might not be on every week. And if we are, it might be a quick little bite-sized thing, like to update you on the baseball team, or if there is a heap of recruiting news, we'll, we'll mention them. But the 35, 40-minute shows might be done by the wayside for a couple months. Every single time we get on here, I think, we don't have 40 minutes, but I, I think Joshua and I like to talk. We've got the gift of gab. Yeah, I don't know how good that is. But we want to thank you for coming on the ride with us. We thoroughly enjoy having you with us. We thank you for being the dozens. And dozens. Of what's the good word fans and so for joshua this is steven we want to ask you as we head out to our summer break what's the good word 